Thank you for listening to the South Bay Bible Church podcast. We are a gospel-centered family, and we want you to know about the good news of Jesus Christ. So stay tuned for this week's message. All right, good morning, everyone. Thank you, worship team, for leading us in worship. Um, just really blessed. Teresa picked a song that really spoke to me this week, and uh, it's just uh, the... Uh, in the in the pressing um, is it's just such a feeling that we're going through right now. And I look around at the news. Um, you know, I'm very disheartened oftentimes by what's happening. Uh, I see a lot of division, a lot of fighting, just a lot of not getting along. People not getting along, right and left, blue, uh, Democrat, Republican. You know, white people, black people. Um, I'm you know it's it's weird. It's a weird feeling. I, I've I've probably told this to some of you. It just feels like I'm in the history books, reading about the civil rights era, um, or about Jim Crow, or about other things. Um, and it's, it's just very, it feels like the pressing, it feels like the crushing that is described in that song. Um, but God works in those times of pressure, of tension, to bring about new wine, a, a new word, um, uh, growth in the, in the believer, um, to know more of his heart. And I feel like God gave us this book, 1 John, as such the most important time to get it. Because there are other books out in the Bible, obviously. Um, but this book, it speaks almost directly to what we're going through as a people, as, the, as Americans, as immigrants here. Um, it speaks to our current moment. And I did not plan for this, obviously. But especially the passage today, it speaks to the cure for what divides us, the cure for what separates us and causes division amongst us. It's the cure that will bring peace and healing. Last week, if you remember, um, if you remember last week, <laughs> today is Sunday, right? So get your days right. Last week, uh, we learned that it is essential to discern the voice of God, to discern truth from falsehood so that we do not live in falsehood. We don't get swept up by conspiracy theories or fake news. We, learn, we have to learn that it's so important for Christians to maintain integrity in our witness. But today, so last week we learned that it's important to discern the voice of God. Today we're going to learn that it's essential to understand the nature of God, God's character. Because when we understand more of the heart of God and God's character, we really get to understand more of ourselves and our purpose here on earth. Because we are made in the image of God. So as we understand more of God's heart, we're going to understand more of our own purpose and the way that we work because we were created in God's image. So today's message is about the character and nature of God. And I'm going to do my best to make this not as, I guess, uh, systematic theolo theology or doctrinal, um, but to really come from a real place of our personal relationship with God, but also our relationship with each other, one another. So let's go to the passage today. The passage today is found in 1 John chapter 4, verse 7. 1 John chapter 4, verse 7. It says this, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. 
He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. So let's go to God in prayer. Commit this time to the Lord together. Would you bow your heads with me? Let's pray. Oh God, we, I can already feel your spirit stirring through your word, illuminating this text so that we can be encountered by you. So God, would you do the work? Would you help us to lay down our old flames so that we can be filled by you? What do you have to say to us today? What are you speaking to us? God, may your spirit be speaking so loudly, so clearly to everyone here. Whether it's through my words, whether it's through your scripture, or even just something else completely. God, let it be done. Would you encounter us right now? In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So, if you missed it, this is the main point of the text. Love one another. Love one another. If you don't get anything else from this entire message, love one another. Everything else that's in this passage is just something circling around this theme of loving one another. Whether it's talking about how God is love, what does love look like, this is how you know what love is. It's okay to learn information about God. But the point of this passage is to put that information into practice. And what does it look like? to love one another. So all of the, all of the, um, everything that follows in this passage is just an explanation or exposition on this whole idea, what it means to love one another. If you remember, a refresher again, the, the church that John's writing to is not loving one another at the moment. In fact, they are fighting each other, splitting from one another and trying to, to convince each other and, and there's a, uh, of what is right. Um, and there's a lot of hatred building up. So the cure for what divides is what's found in this passage. So, let's go section by section here. Verse 7. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. All right, so, actually, um, love is found almost in every single line of this (laughs) this passage here. And even starting from the first word, dear friends, is not really friends. (laughs) It's Dear, dearly beloved, loved ones. So you are loved, the ones who are loved, let us love one another for love comes from God, right? So again, love one another. That's the main point of this passage. But the first thing that we need to understand as, as we seek to love one another is that love comes from God. Love comes from God, meaning that God is the source of love. God himself is the source of love. The reason that we are able to love is because we are made in the image of God, both believer and unbeliever, both Christian and non-Christian. Even atheists are able to love their pets, their friends, their family, their nations, whatever it is. Because even though that they deny the existence of God, it doesn't change the fact that they are made in the image of God. And God is the source of love. One of my favorite movies of all time, it's um, Interstellar. (laughs) 
you know, uh, actually Liz enjoyed it too. So I, I can't say that it's my favorite, but we both enjoyed watching this movie. She might have fallen asleep, but <laughs> she also enjoyed it. Uh, Interstellar is a great and epic sci-fi movie about the, the grandness and, and depths of, of space and, and space travel. But at the heart of this movie, what's really poignant about this movie, and a lot of people don't like this part. They like, they like the, the space and the explosions and stuff. Um, but I really liked the, the way that this movie, um, paired together the grandness of the known universe and the unknown universe paired with the human ability to love. So these two things, the the movie asks us to compare the two, like what's more grand, what's greater? Is it space and all these planets and all these star travel, or is it the love that one human has for another human? I really, it's a great film. I highly recommend it. It's older now. um, And you have time. So uh, if you haven't seen it, just try watching it. I have the Blu-ray if you want to come borrow it. <laughs> so God is the source of love. And what my point was, even Hollywood, movie people, um, popular culture, they acknowledge how powerful love is. They're comparing it to, to the, the, the depths of the universe. Um, they're comparing it to all of these things. You listen to any song on the radio. It's about love, right? Um, but the thing is, there's not... Uh, agreement about the definition of love and not even the source of love, right? The the definition of love in popular culture and God's definition of love are very, very different. Very, very different. It says in verse, uh, keep going, everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. So let's let's make sure we understand um, what, what this is saying. First of all, God is love. This is the definition of love, right? Um, God is love. Love is essential to God's character. It's essential to the character of God. His heart, at at the core of his heart, the core of his character, the core of who God is, is love. God is love. Love is not God. Love is not tolerance. Love is not just purely acceptance or happiness. But God is love. Meaning that love needs to be defined defined by who God is. By who God is. And as we look, um, everyone who has been born of God, everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. So because God is love, Because God is love, a Christian's life must be marked by love for others. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. Therefore, if you call yourself a Christian, if you call yourself a believer, you have to love one another. As you know more of God, it doesn't just increase our intelligence, increase our knowledge, but it should increase our love for one another. There, that's why yeah, I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to say anything bad about Christians, um, other churches, but we must be just taking this in for ourselves. Am I building up a sense of pride so that it becomes hard to love other Christians? Oh, look at what they do. Look at how they live. Why don't they do this? How could they say this? Whoever does not love does not know God. 
because God is love. A Christian's life must be marked by love for others. Let's keep going. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. So, remember, there's not a, you know, in in terms of uh, God's definition of love and the world's definition of love, there's very little agreement on that. But here is what we see. God's definition of love, right? And we see it in in many ways here. This is how, verse 9, God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and he sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins, right? So, Jesus is the demonstration and the definition of God's love. The demonstration, meaning this is how God showed his love to us, but it's also the definition of God's love. This is love. Jesus, what he's done for us. Jesus is both the definition and the demonstration of God's love. So, um, you know, since we know the what God has done for us, since we know what love is, we also ought to love one another. It's the same theme, love one another. So let's talk a little bit. This, this passage, I want to dwell a little bit on this because there's so much here. You can preach weeks on this, but um, we must, let's, let's, let's look at this passage to see, uh, you know, a little bit more about God's love and the definition of love here. So first, the first thing that we see, God's love is first and foremost, life-giving. This is, uh, this love that God sent. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent Jesus into the world that we might live, that we might live. So the love of God, the first thing that we have to understand is that it is life-giving. It is life-giving so that we could live through him. What else? This is love. It's not that we loved God, meaning that it is unconditional. So God's love is life-giving and it is unconditional. It's not responsive to our love for God. It's not that we loved God, but that He loved us. It's unconditional. And the third thing here, an atoning sacrifice. He sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. So God's love is life-giving. It is unconditional, not that we loved God. And it is atoning. It is atoning. Um, so, you know, God, God loves us. You know, he, he took the, the initiative to love, to give us life, to save us from our own sins. You might be wondering, what does that do for God? Why does he love us? What's the point of that? But here's the thing. God doesn't really think like that. Remember, if you think about the character and the nature of God, what is central to his character? That God is love. So God doesn't think like that. Like, what can I get out of this? I'm going to love them so that I could feel better about myself. No, that's not the way that God thinks. He loves so that we might live. Not that we loved God, but he saves us from our sins. 
So what does this do for God? Why does he love? He does this so that we can love one another. He does it for our good. He loves us for our good. That's it. To show us what love is, to show us who he is, so that we could also love one another, to make everyone's life better. Since God loved us, since he so loved us, greatly loved us, we also ought to love one another. We become God's true ambassadors, true messengers, true missionaries when we love one another. When, when we love with a, a love that gives life, when we love with a love that doesn't um, set conditions or is reactive, when we love to bring sinners into the kingdom, since God so loved us, we also have to love one another. And Jesus is the demonstration and the definition of God's love. Let's keep going. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. So when we, when we love one another, God lives in us. And God's love is complete in us. What does this mean? That God, God, just God, is made visible in a loving community. We can see God when we see a church that truly loves one another. He is made known through our love. It says, His love is made complete in us if we love one another. Guys, do you see how God wants to work through you? Do you see how he wants to work through us as the church? He's somehow made us a part of his own nature, made us a part of his own purpose, made us a part where he's incomplete without us, loving one another. His love is made complete in us if we love one another, right? No one has ever seen God, but we can see him through the love that we have for one another because God is love and his love is made complete in us. Um, and, and, you know, this is how we know, verse 13, this is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us of his spirit. So the spirit, the Holy Spirit, is the testimony and the witness of God's presence and our salvation, right? This is how we know. This is how he has given us his spirit. This is how we know. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. So we believe, we, we have the Spirit that, that is our, is our uh, testimony of, of the presence of God, but also we have our own testimony, right? That we believe that the Father has sent the Son to be the Savior. We believe in Jesus. We believe in the gospel, right? And so if anyone, verse 15, anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. So we love one another and God lives in us. How do we know we're doing the right thing? How do we know? There's so many different ways of love, you know, all the five love languages and everything else. We have the spirit. We have the spirit in us that is 
the witness of God's presence. We, we, we can hear the Spirit whispering to us, illuminating the text to us, opening our eyes to, to, grow, our, uh, to grow our faith. And we, we also testify about the gospel. If we are clear about the Father sending the Son to be the Savior of the world, we know that God lives in us. And then if we acknowledge Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. So all of these, these things add to a loving church community. If we love one another, we will tell each other about what the Spirit is saying to us. Right? If we love one another, we will continually, continually testify about the gospel, about the Father sending the Son. And, all, and we will always acknowledge, we will, we will emphatically declare that Jesus is the Son of God in a loving church community. And so we know and rely on the love that God has for us because no one has ever seen God. We can't. He's invisible. But God <clears throat> makes himself seen. He is made visible and makes himself known in a loving church community. So what kind of church are we building here? Are we building a social club where you have to, you know, get along with one another and have similar interests and, you know, hang out a lot or be the same culture, ethnic group? I don't think so. That's not the type of church that we're building, guys. We are building a church because we have the spirit in us because we believe in the gospel because we acknowledge that Jesus is the son of God. And as we get those things out in front, love for one another will come out because God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. We just need to be a church that allows God to encounter us, to fill us so that we can love one another. Let's keep going. God is love. Again, God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. Um, the, here, God is made visible uh, in a loving community. Um, the, uh, this is one of the, one of my favorite passages in all of scripture talking about how there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. Um, yeah, I, I think about my own marriage, um, my relationship with Liz and, you know, there's, uh, I, I can't say for, for, I, I will never say that we have a perfect marriage or a perfect love, but the longer we stay married and the longer that we, you know, love one another and, and, and are in this covenant relationship with one another, um, the less fear there is. You think back to, you know, dating, <laughs> I think back to, um, when I first met Liz, of course, um, there was a we met in a coffee shop in Fremont, um, very um, rustic coffee shop, Mission Coffee. It was halfway between where she lives in Dublin, now where we live in Dublin, and where I lived in San Jose. So we we're like, let's meet up halfway, and um, you know, we we I got there early because you know I was 
really excited to meet Liz. And, you know, there's a lot of, I don't know, jitters, fear. You can call it fear. Um, but there was no love yet. No love. And, uh, you know, when you're, when you're dating, um, you can, I know a lot of us here are, are many years married. So you think back many, many years. Well, the first date that you went on with your spouse, right? Um, there's a, there's, you, you dress up pretty nicely. <laughs> I remember I did my hair in a cool way. Um, I wore really like nice pants and stuff. Um, all things that I don't do anymore. In fact, I just cut my own hair if you can't tell. <laughs> and I haven't worn pants in a long time. Shorts for, for life. Um, but you know, you dress up, you're, you're, you're like, you know, you t- you're well-groomed. Um, you're doing that because you're, you're a little bit afraid of what the person's going to think, right? There's a little bit of fear. But as you express more of your love for one another, especially in marriage, you know, we're, we're married now. Um, you, we have a kid now. And I just know there's, that we're in it together. I don't have, I don't have fear. I don't have fear of what, what Liz is thinking. I don't have fear because there's no fear in love. And we don't have a perfect marriage. We don't have a perfect love. But, but this just makes so much, it makes, it makes me um, really truly understand the way that God wants us to be in relationship with him that there is no fear in love. So let, let's get kind of um, a little bit about uh, deeper into this idea that love drives out fear, that love drives out fear. So God is love, right? We, we, we saw that already. God is love, central to who he is. Whoever lives in love lives in God, which is what we just saw, and God in them, right? This is how love is made complete among us, right? So again, talking about the love of God being made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment, right? So there's this actually other benefit to loving one another. It's that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. And then how? How will we have, how how is love made complete? In this world, we are like Jesus. We are like Jesus. So how can the love of God be made complete in us, the life of the believer, so that we can have confidence on the day of judgment? We are to live like Jesus. So how are we supposed to be like Jesus? We are supposed to die on the cross? Well, symbolically, yes. We are to follow his footsteps. We are to follow his ministry and his teachings. And ultimately, his love is displayed on the cross. But also the power is displayed. The victory is displayed in the empty grave. And so there is no fear in love. There's no fear in love. Perfect love or complete love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. When we live like Jesus, when we lay down our lives the way that Jesus laid down his life, we don't have to fear the day of judgment. We don't have to fear the future. We don't have to fear death. We can live in complete freedom when we live like Jesus and when we love like Jesus. That is why love drives out fear. Fear needs to be canceled in the life of the Christian. Fear is the language of the enemy. God does not want you to fear his judgment. Instead, he wants you to go to him 
to come to Him and confess your sins so that He can pour out His forgiveness and His love on you. We can't become legalistic about love, right? There's no way. How can you legalize love? Legalism flattens God to a set of do's and don'ts. And as I've meditated on this short book of the Bible, um, I've really come to realize that our relationship with God mirrors the way that, you know, our human relationships work here on earth. That there are, there are a lot of ups and downs in our relationships with God. There's conflict is a given, but in the end, it's not about a list of do's and don'ts to try to please the other person. It's more like poetry. It's like rhythm and blues. It's like art. God is love, right? It's not such a, a theological statement as it is an artistic poetic statement and expression of who God is. God is love. So live in love, right? Um, Life is confusing and it's complicated. And God himself, he is confusing and he is complicated. And his ways are higher than our ways. And his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. But in this one particular way, he has made himself very clear. God is love. And God loves you. So love one another. Let's pray. God, I thank you for your love for us. You are love. And God, help us to come to a fuller understanding of what it truly means that you are love. Show us the people in our lives that you are calling us to love. To love the way that Jesus loved us to love the way that you, God, loved us. So God, would you drive out fear in our hearts? Fill us with your spirit so that we can love you, that we can love each other, and we can love ourselves as well. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.